and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Welcome back to another episode of Season JM. Zen is clearly excited for good reason because we have a second part of a two-part episode today. We do? Uh, no, don't come on. Don't play coy. We know you've been chomping at the bit. You've been like, it's uh, like I got ideas. And then five oh minutes later, God. I got another idea. It's like <laughs> that first idea was dumb. Let me try this one. And yeah, the joy well. the Here's the thing, though, the joy that you were kind of like sharing with with uh, Gautamanger and myself, it was palpable. So it, it was just one of those. Ah, Fate is one of my favorite game systems. So I love making characters for it. I love running in Fate. It's just it's so much fun. And I got to play this weekend. Jelly. And I get to play next weekend. <laughs> I am very so jelly. soon. Soon, I want to say it's in like three, two or three more episodes of uh, Kirby City. Uh, that is when I will, after those two or three, I think, that's when I make my first appearance in the game. Yay! So, yeah. All right. And, and then that it is... gets fun. Oh, uh-huh. you, you, you. Here's the thing when after that happens you got a dish. You got a dish so awesomely. Oh, it's the this we're almost done with the first or the, with that season. I think we've got one more one or two more episodes and we've finished that season. And then we'll be rolling into I believe it's third season for the show. Awesome. So, and at some point in there I will be running at least two sessions so you'll get to see me run fate <laughs> that'll be awesome fun yeah so that's what i've been working on it's and if it gets thing. real crazy here with noise there's been a massive thunderstorm that just like rolled in so you, if you're hearing you, we, weird things in the background on my end that's what that is <laughs> yep it's i get this so. don't worry i got the same thing going on here so yeah. eh. Keeps the pollen out of the air. I'll be happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when we, we last we left our trio of, of space-faring weirdos. <laughs> right? So I well, mean, we, had, we did our, we, had, we did the aspects, as, the aspects. So we had like, okay, here's our high. Here's our thing. Here's our kind of like, I almost want to say tragic flaw, but we're not in a Greek tragedy. This is fate. There is no Greek tragedy in fate unless you want it in there. Yes. Yeah, your your illustrious trouble, and then <laughs> the other three aspects that tie you to the system, well, to the setting and to each other. Mm-hmm. And so, after you're done with aspects, it really is pretty simple. You roll into things like your skills and your stunts. Mm-hmm. Oh, just as an FYI, 
um, I was trying to explain fate and the, the trouble stuff, and I brought it up as a Greek tragedy to a friend of mine who, that's what she majored in, and she <laughs> immediately got it. Yeah. And it was, it was brilliant. It really made me happy. It's just like, hey, you know, that, it, it, that I was actually able to kind of bring those two together. So just a, a little bit of just happiness for fate. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, so, I, I, I enjoy it probably more than I should. <laughs> all right. So we've got our basic down. So how do we do our skills? Hmm? All right. So skills, one thing about fate is that the skills include what in other games might be considered attributes. Uh, you have things like will, things like physique uh, the, that are part of your skills as are resources. And what we're doing is what's called a skill pyramid for the campaign. And so you are going to have a skill cap of great, of plus four. And basically, this means that you're going to have a total of 10 skills, and you're going to kind of make a pyramid out of them. So four at plus one, three at plus two, two at plus three, one at plus four. This is part of the fun of fate, is the way that it does allow those advances, but also has some kind of unique components and for this campaign, uh, one of the things we looked at is that instead of drive, it's pilot because we're talking about flying things. And there was a chance that there there might have been, you know, a starfighter pilot or two, but that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, and lore is knowledge for the most part. And so there are 18 total skills. They are listed on our game creation worksheet, which will be uploaded to the website and linkable through the doodly-doo. Yes. And... You can either start with, you know, what you want as the great one, as the plus four, or kind of fill in from the bottom up. And Zen, why don't you remind us of your concept and your trouble and start filling in uh, some of those skills for us? All right. So his high concept is the best fighter, ship engineer, and mech pilot on the ship. And his trouble is... He doesn't think he's as good as his actual pilot brother is. So I went after a few of those things that would push him into filling that role. So like his plus four is in mechanics because, well, he's, he's, a, he's a mechanic and he works on all of these things. So he has to be able to design and work on them. So... He then also has, as his plus threes, he's got pilot and engineering because he's the best. So as, uh, as close as he can get to the best with what he's got. And then I figure with the rest of them would be things that he would normally be like, he's got a pretty decent willpower because he's constantly fighting with people and trying to keep his cool so his his will is pretty strong he's able to, he's kind of bullheaded in that regard and he notices things because he has to and he's also got a little bit of investigation because he's not only is he doing things like you know working on them i figure he probably uses investigate to like troubleshoot and do diagnostics and stuff and then as his his kind of like plus one stuff, he's got a little bit of athletics 
So he, you know, he kind of tries to stay a little fit. And he's got fight and shoot at plus one because he's kind of involved in using a mech. So he needs to be able to shoot and fight in it. And then he has uh, knowledge old TV shows because I wanted something that was just a little weird. And that will come up later in one of his stunts. Okay. And a couple of the skills. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Normally you don't have to spend goofy things like an actual skill point on something like, oh, he likes old weird TV shows. Well, I wanted it to be more about like, and and you'll see why with, with one of the stunts, why he has it. And kind of what he refers to himself as, which, well, if I were going to actually get to play him, what I would refer to myself as in this. Well, and there are a couple of skills you mentioned that aren't in the Fate Core book, and so yes. maybe help people know where those come from and, and kind of see what we're doing. So mechanics is what used to be the craft skill, because it is involving working on machinery and everything like that. So. We figured that mechanic mechanics was a better fit for the setting, so we went ahead and did that. Um, pilot instead of drive, because you know when you're talking about things like mechs and plane or like ships, like fighter ships, you don't drive those; you pilot them. So it's just like a it's a more descriptive term for it, and then. Academics, we replaced with engineering, where technically you probably could have kept it as academics and then gone ahead and done like different types of knowledge in place of that if you had wanted to. Like you could have everybody that has academics needs to also take like what type of academics they were trained in. But we just chose to go with engineering. Yeah, and it's kind of under the rubric of knowledge If you see, when yeah. you look at the game creation worksheet. And that kind of is one of the catch-alls for things that maybe you didn't think of at the beginning. Yeah. And so, yep. Jules, what about for you? What's, remind everybody of your concept and trouble, and how did you kind of put together your skill pyramid? All right. Well, um, I'm playing a... a uh, bleeding edge scientists pretty much that's um on the edge of any type of of, of uh chemistry slash physics breakthrough especially also in metamaterials and the trouble is willing to compromise ethics slash safety doesn't <laughs> denote who uh for for discovery so yeah i'll highlight the whole damn ship blow up let me get my data points <laughs> so for my average stuff it the it was kind of weird the one thing i i i went through first first aid for scientist stuff can happen labs can explode we've all seen star trek and we've all we, we know what happens so first aid uh and i took one of it, it was i i couldn't find it exactly but i i a best one made up called Scrounge, where it's the 
it's like I know where to look for something that I need. It's it's the if I don't have it, I know where to go for it and where to get it. And sometimes more more usually the more unorthodox places. So I I didn't have a good way of putting it, so I just put scrounge because I couldn't find a the right skill descriptor, I guess. I mean, I, I would use that kind of as a, a variation on resources. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking too. You know say because that's it, it's an easy reskin, even though resources is usually you know used just for like material wealth, but uh, the ability to you know get the stuff you want and need uh, would fit in that kind of that category niche. for fate. Yeah, yeah, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I guess because I was trying to look. F- some because I'm like resources. I'm like ah, I don't know if it quite fit. You know what I mean? There are only 18 skills, and that's your attributes and abilities. So yeah, they kind of make it work. They're purposefully yeah. abstracted to a certain level. It's about as abstract as as I can go for my gaming preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a whole other conversation, possibly on yeah. Patreon for those yeah. of you who subscribe to Patreon. Uh, okay, the other thing. Else? Let's see. Um, and you can laugh at this one. Self-defense. If you've ever seen fight. two if you ever seen two two scientists debating and it gets heated, I have seen, and I'm not kidding, I have seen clipboards fly. All right, so Hence fight. the first aid. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but the, the reason I put fight, but I, I wanted to know self-defense is like I don't take the first one, but I take the second swing. So I don't know how to start a fight. It's like I wouldn't be able to read, oh, I swing first. So oh, that's you know what that is actually there is a better way to do that, um, and that's actually in the next section that we're going to be mm-hmm. doing. <laughs> With how so, you're describing that, it's like yeah, I know exactly. But, yep, so a better for, way to do that for um for the fair, um, debate and conversation. You know, they oh I have to defend my points. You know, so speech. The other one, and this I I. I I said I couldn't find it, but I thought this fit was sabotage. Crafts. Uh, the, yeah, that that's going to be engineering. That's a, yeah. again, you're going broad, and as action heroes, you may use it mostly for sabotage, but that's that'll probably be in your engineering or, or kind of a, a knowledge science um, with rapport. yeah, like mechanics. And rapport would be what you were looking for. Um, as far as the the friendly and making uh, connections with with other humans, yeah, debating. Well, and, and rapport was uh, kind of the second half of that. I thought, yeah, but okay, yeah, because well, the thing is, like, for my great skill was si- pretty much I put uh, science, um, uh, nuclear physics, and chemistry. That was that was my that was my gray one. That was my plus four. So, so the one thing at college. So that's why I put like specifically in for me like, was sabotage, but not not specifically that was tied to chemical or nuclear. This was more of an engineer. This was more of like the engineering screwing with somebody or screwing up somebody's experiment. So I didn't know the thing is like I didn't think those two would fit. So that's kind of why I broke it. So do you think engineering would just be better for that? I think it would, and I think it would also give you you the ability to tinker, uh, which sounds like what's happening around the edges of your character, uh, as they like to tinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so for my good stuff, I have analysis. Pretty much, I can size up a situation pretty good and quickly. And the other one is I, I took for uh, my good one is memory. It's like, I don't have to write it. I'll store it in my brain. Because people can steal notes. It's much more difficult to steal a brain. <laughs> that is will. See, I, is that I, willpower? Yeah, I would look at, well, it's will, yeah. not just willpower. And look yeah, at how that's, that's described in fate. Uh, because each of those skills has kind of four different ways that it can be used. You know, to yeah. overcome, to create an advantage, to attack or to defend. And so each one of those skill descriptions has a way to you know, overcome a, a problem, create an advantage in a scene, either put someone else on the defensive or defend against something that's coming to you. Uh, Will also can give you additional slots of uh, mental stress boxes. Yeah. Oh, okay, because I I guess I didn't when you when I read it. That's not how I read it. So I'm like ah. So no, but that there's not like a raw genius brilliance kind of skill um, yeah. in, in Fate Core because it's action oriented. In that it assumes you are one of the best, that you are one of the top people that will be called in your uh, kind of field, and that it's going to be kind of in your aspects where that comes out uh you know being a genius being able to invoke an aspect about being a genius and being that kind of a person is where then that would provide kind of that bonus to a will role or to something like that which is or investigate would be another one uh, to kind of figure out what's happening uh, not necessarily yeah. by you know csi but just you know looking around and, and kind of putting the pieces raw together. deductive mm -hmm. yeah raw deductive ability mm -hmm. and so that's that's where the aspects kind of play in with the skills is that some of the things that aren't listed are things that are that they see as defining more than mechanic yeah. if that kind of makes sense in that description so how about you Gordon okay as a reminder it's gonna be um, fun yeah christine kimenich is a high-strung diplomatic attache of course one of the problems is that she can be unfaltering and short-sighted in trying to reach those goals now her great skill the plus four is a deceive not a surprise nice not a surprise <laughs> at all also no. please remember one of her aspects is i'm a diplomat not a politician so maybe she's lying uh, for good there is empathy but also a uh, knowledge kind of filtered through politics and social sciences sort of skill and so it's it is the book learning and knowing of the the way in which this world's kind of structural or political mechanics work and those are both good at fair rapport resources and uh, be careful because also fight and that average pilot will burglary and contacts so you can see kind of the, the nature of the character being the attache and kind of talking to people and being able to make a good impression and knowing what's going on 
but also apparently surprisingly in the middle of the first season good at breaking into offices and punching people, which is its own kind of fun. Yeah. And could lead to some uh, hilarity and shenanigans. Stranger things have happened. Right. <laughs> I'm right. sorry, Zen, you beat me to it because as soon as I was just going to shenanigans and with the with the goofy little hand wave. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah, and I'll yeah. I'll admit, guys, I was when reading up on the on the the stunts thing. I got I I overanalyzed it and confused myself out of being able to figure out what the heck I needed to do and I apologize for that. That okay. is my fault. We're, we're going to work through it. And that's the thing is that yeah. normally you do all of this together and there'd be at least one person who's, you know, beating their head against the the book a little bit. Uh, but the last required part of the kind of character generation are stunts. Now, oh, stunts yeah. are kind of the fun ways to differentiate yourself. Uh, it lets you kind of specialize or tweak some of those skills in ways that, that suit you and are also uh, a, a way that you get to you know, kind of be special. We have uh, three initial stunts, so a pretty good one. I'd say a pretty good amount to start as well as a four refresh. So those of you who know Fate know that this is definitely set up for the characters to uh, be larger than life. Yeah, definitely. And stunts generally fall into kind of one of three main categories. They will take a skill and let you uh, swap out one skill for what another one would normally be used for. They will provide a bonus, like a specialization in a limited circumstance. Or they will just plain um, mess with the rest of the rules. Or they otherwise will do something funky and neat and different and interesting. And that is kind of the fun thing. And so we will, I'll go ahead and go first. We'll kind of reverse change up orders a little bit. Um, one of the stunts for uh, Christine is mind games. And that lets her use Deceive instead of Provoke to make mental attacks. And so rather than, you know, getting under somebody's skin and being aggressive, uh, she can, you know, mess with them more eloquently. Uh, the second one is Nose for Trouble. And this means that instead of Notice, uh, she can use Empathy to determine her turn order if she knows that there is something afoot, basically. And so that kind of goes to being, you know, perceptive and, and understanding social dynamics. And I slightly changed the name for the last one, referring to it as Dirty Fighter instead of Heavy Hitter. Uh, but if in a fight success, she uh, reduces the result by one for a boost, she gets a scene-long invocation of an aspect, which is basically her doing something really mean and, and dirty to uh, whoever she's fighting and will then have an aspect to uh, invoke against them for her benefit for the rest of the scene. Nice. I like yeah. that. Yeah, you turn around and the bookworm just kind of like kicks you between the legs or hits you upside the head with a very large book and you're dazed for the rest of the whole scene. And yeah. Yeah. All right. 
I'd say, Jules, you said that you felt like yours were a little funky, so we'll go ahead and go with Zen, and you can hear another kind of set of them as we work through them before we get to you. Okay, we ready? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, the first one he has is Fight Like You Stole It. So, he can use Pilot in place of Fight when he's in a mech. Because he's so good at piloting, he can put himself in those positions where he knows exactly how to hit with only with a mech, though. Like, get him out of it, and he's not a very good fighter. But you put him in one, and he becomes a really good fighter. Nice. I like it. Then you have wires, pliers, and duct tape. So growing up on an old station ship, he, you, you learn how to get by with whatever's on hand. So whenever there is less than ideal equipment, supplies, he actually receives a plus two to mechanics checks because he's, he has figured out ways around using less than what he needed. And then here is the tie-in to his knowledge old shows. And it's the USS making shit up. So he what? gets really, he gets really creative with engineering solutions. Like a certain other guy in a certain Star Trek show used to do in the beginning. <laughs> he makes shit up and then makes it happen. What it basically does is he gets to create advantage for himself at the expense of basically spending a fate point. And those, he could do it once a scene. So I like it. <laughs> All right, Jules, you said that, you know, this was kind of your first chance yeah. to work through stunts so let's hear what you came up with let's hear now i took mine mostly straight out of the book because that made it easier and and hopefully those of you listening along at home will go and uh, buy a copy of the fate core book and play yes. along at home <laughs> well one of them it's uh i took is called critical flaw um i can pretty much uh, I can use engineering to deduce a weak point in a structure or setup of some sort, any type of physical setup, and take it out. So it's like, oh, I know, pull this pin. Ta da! Cows of Guards falls, that kind of stuff. Um, the other one I came up with is, and it's going to sound, God, it's going to make me sound like a psychopath, but it works. Um, <laughs> uh, I pickled, bleh. Silent killer, and pretty much I can uh, substitute the science skill, the the nu uh, uh, nuclear physics and, and chemistry, to de so to pretty much immediately detect if there is some kind of noxious um, uh, stuff, like it, you know. Okay, like some kind of like stuff in the air, or somebody's released an aromatic poison, or we have a gas leak, something like that. I can, it's like, 
oh, I know quick sniff. I know what that is. And I know the right safety, um, uh, that, that great, great safety procedures to kind of defend against that. I may not be able to enact them, but I know what to do. And the last thing is, and please don't laugh at me for the name is like cool. People don't look at explosions is I can pretty much as I said, also substitute the uh, science nuclear chemistry to rig a jury rig detonation <laughs> and just blow something up. Okay. So Gordon Moget, you ready to tackle these in, in a mechanical way? I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that last one, that is super easy. And that's basically like the easiest way to do that one is it just gives you a plus two when creating impromptu explosives. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's like the best way to describe that one. Mm -hmm. Because that's exactly what it does. Yeah. And, and maybe we should kind of back up for a second and talk about, you know, tests and, and why we talk about plus twos and kind of fate dice and uh, sort of what uh what what's going on there um fate is mechanically you know simple with a lot of uh kind of curly cues on top the way we've described stunts and how kind of the skills are going to provide uh kind of a bonus to uh, the end result of the dice yeah so you you have four dice you roll them um, there's each die has two pluses, two minuses, and two blanks. And a plus is a plus one, a minus is a minus one, and a blank is nothing. So if you have two pluses and a minus, you have a, and then a blank, you have a one, plus one. And so you basically, you can have, the, the scale runs from plus four to minus four. And your skills are just based on whatever your so like a great is a plus four so if you are at minus four when your die roll and you are using it on your like for my character would be mechanics it becomes a wash it's a zero so i could i would fail in a test that i do because i don't have anything now all i need to succeed is at least a plus one because a zero kind of is you you don't succeed now something where like like i have with the wires players and duct tape which it adds plus two to mechanics checks as long as i don't have enough materials to work with so if i'm already in a crappy location and you know, half of my tools have been vented and I'm trying to fix this stupid ship before it has to take off in 10 seconds, I can add two to that. So I went from a zero to a plus two, which isn't great, it's fair. So it, it might hold together for a while, it might not. Hard to say. <laughs> Now, the second one is an example of one of those substitution kind of stunts, because what you're doing is 
saying that you can use the knowledge science in place of notice when you are asked to detect or notice toxins, poisons, and other deleterious effects for your humans. Yeah. Which it's a uh, narrow enough description of it. So it's not like you could just get to to roll knowledge in place of notice for everything. It's like No, it's yours it's is in a like, very specific Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a tight group of things. And that's where that plays really well to that. So yeah, that would definitely be, you know, where that one fits. I, I completely agree with that one. And then what was the first one that you had? Uh, critical flaw, pretty much deducing a, a weak point in a, in a not biological, nothing, nothing organic. It has to be, it has to, all right, it can be organic if it has carbon in it, but you, you get my point. It doesn't have, it's something not alive. It, the simplest way to do that is, you know, a, a plus two bonus to an engineering role to, you know, pull something apart. Yeah. Uh, as you've defined it. We could also go into one of like the, you know, once per session, you can uh, find a structural weak point in something, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, kind of completely off the wall stunt. But those are both ways to do it. Either, you know, the flat plus two uh, to your engineering role when you're, you know, trying to poke a hole in something or the a once per session you can... Uh, and then we can further define that a little bit, but it wouldn't take too much. Yeah, um, I, I think I like the second option because then you have a, a bonus, a substitution, and one of these. Right. Yeah. See, which you is did kind good. of where I went. Yeah, you, you you did good. You just didn't know the verbiage to use. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and the thing is, like, I was reading up on it, and then reading, up, and it, I just kept reading and reading and reading, and it's and it. It's the over analysis paralysis, and when I do it on my own with a system I am not very familiar with, my lock. Well, and also you you had a little bit of a struggle with skills being kind of a broad group of things, and yeah. so that kind of fell into stunts as well because a skill is always supposed to be a very broad degree of competency, and and, and that's not something I'm used to. Right, and so fight encompasses hand-to-hand, -hand and melee combat that would usually in other games be at least two, if not seven different skills. Yeah, because yeah, you, only, the only you have, you have fight, you have, have, you have, you would have like hand-to-hand, bare knuckles, you would have hand-to-hand -hand with a weapon, you would have range weapons, you would have throwing weapons, you would have defense. And this has yeah. fight and shoot. And yep. physique. I, yeah, physique can come into play some places, but the, yeah. yeah. Uh, for, re for, re for reduction of damage, like that is, how you is do it. yeah. Endurance, toughness, will is the equivalent. But the last kind of component of a lot of characters can be extras, and this is where uh, campaigns and settings can really set themselves apart. If any of us had an appropriate aspect for cybernetic or genetic modification, uh, we could use kind of the, the cybernetic augmentations out of the Fate System toolkit idea, and that lets you with that. Uh, you know, aspect, take a few of your refresh 
which determines how many of your fate points come back, how quickly your, your stress kind of dissipations, how much you can take some of that in exchange for uh, a stunt using the cyber modifications. And then you could also improve it like a skill rank. Yeah. But I don't have any aspects that would lend to using a cyber or genetic modification on my sheet. What about you two? Well, the thing is, like, cyber and genetic, genetic mods, I couldn't think of anything. Gadgets? Maybe. But nothing nothing that would be implanted. And actually, there's a, a, there's a, a damn good science for that, because if I'm dealing with strange stuff in, out there in the universe, yeah, you I don't know how that shit's going to react. Yeah. It's one of the things you want it. You want to be able to rip all the electronics off of you if something starts eating all the electronics. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you I know. could see something with my character though. Ooh. In theory, what if the mechs required a like a, neural a, network like a neuro, connection? A, a neural interface or or yeah. a, or neuro, yeah, ooh. Mm-hmm. That is where he could interact with not just the ship, but the diagnostic systems and like everything. Like it would make him a better engineer mechanic. Well, and it would make sense. And yeah. the example pilot that I made way back in our one pilot three ways card catalog post hint, go look at that on the website, does have a, a genetic modification in there so would you like nice. to put one together or would you like to put a pin in this for uh maybe after we come back and revisit these characters you know i may come back to that okay because i do want to at least briefly kind of mention the game creation worksheet because it's hard for me as a top-down game designer um it, it's hard for me as someone who who has lots of things in his head but I need to seed some of the setting narrative to narrative setting. Yes, to you, my players. Um, and so I, I have still left open a current issue, like what's currently going on that is an aspect for the whole game. That's the other fun part about issues in the game creation worksheet is these are all aspects that can come up, as well as uh, at least one face or place for each of you. What's already filled in, the impending issue, one mistake can turn a Cold War hot, you know, the Confederated Assembly of Neo, the can, and the most glorious empire of the expanding reach have tensions that are rising and conflict is looking inevitable. Those are both places in the faces and places options. Uh, you know, there's a deadlocked assembly, leaving it to a hawkish chancellor who is uh, pushing for war, and the uh, expanding reach economy needs a war to stay propped up right now. You also have the uh, Can Intelligence Deputy Chief, who does not want a war, Hildebrand Hiyazaki, and Vanguard Station, where you are likely going to be placed, because I will put you on a space station, so help me, with the aspect of a DMZ keeps everyone on edge. So, a person, a place, or a place with an aspect or issue that could come into play, as well as the current issue that likely will be how you begin uh, the first set of adventures. Well, I have a person that's super easy to throw in here. And that I is think. 
Craig's brother as the as the squadron leader of the fighter squadron of Vanguard Station, who is kind of a hothead <laughs> and liable to you know go out and when the glorious empire decides to come scouting, potentially on accident, <laughs> purposefully. Um, fire <laughs> something and potentially make accidentally that accidentally on purpose. War. You mean that, yeah, that that Cold War hot. Like he could very well be the catalyst for this whole thing. What's the name we've got for him? Stephen Stephen McPherson. Stephen McPherson, Vanguard Station's hot-headed fighter ace. There we go. Jules. You can add a place uh, or another face, uh, something to enrich the campaign that you would like to interact with. Ooh. Well, this. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yes, yeah, sorry. Brain word. <laughs> I apologize. No, what I was thinking would be a. Um, Pretty much, it, it's kind of like a, a an additional wing to the uh, to to that space station, that DMZ space station, where you know the rule is is like if you and it's it is a laboratory, and pretty much the the rules are that whatever you whatever you work on within there, whatever kind of results, et cetera. It's like you could be doing research on medicine. You could be researching on, uh, you know, uh, better, uh, what, like better travel materials or, you know, better scouting technology, you know, for, for doing recon and what have you, but be, make sure that nobody, you know, it's not like, Oh, you're doing this in secret is like the results have to be shared. Kind of almost think of like a, it's not as nice, but a a a science laboratory, almost like St. Jude, so all the research that comes out gets shared among anybody that's a member of that every any uh, organization that's a member of that station. So it it, for, it kind of forces a collaboration. What would be the aspect that, in in fate terms, that we would use to kind of describe it? What what could be a phrase that? you could say or i could say uh that would have a, a kind of gameplay impetus for the albertus magnus endowment of the vanguard station I'm trying to think of a good, I'm trying to think of a, I'm trying to break it down and make it simpler because my brain's getting a thousand and one things. Yeah. And like I said, for Vanguard Station, a DMZ keeps everybody on edge. But this is a way, this is a way to, to, to foster at least a a foster camaraderie. Right. And this is the example of of like that aspect. Mm -hmm. The DMZ keeps everyone on edge could be a way to wind down tensions where one of you reminds everyone that we don't want a war and so maybe it won't get violent or it could mm-hmm. be me saying you know as a gm the dmz is keeping everyone on the edge and so someone's overstep could send it off and so that that kind of idea that it has 
the so, impact in the game. Yeah. So, all right. So pretty much it, it, it's, it's, uh, reducing tensions through science. They're all working on toward a, a common goal of whatever it is. It's like, if we work together, we're not going to fight over it. So, uh, it's like, we're all on edge, but we're still pursuing peace as best we can. So, you know, so, uh, Peace through superior science. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was trying to think. Of, it's instead, just, of, I, instead of peace through superior firepower. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the trick about the aspects is that it's not supposed to be a perfect description of everything. Yeah. But it's it's a tag. It's a cue. It's something that inspires a reaction in the game. And so, you know, when my character uh, is, you know, once again, remind about to say reminded that she's willing to take a loss for the greater diplomatic good. That could be a way that, you know, Kristen is achieving her goals. And it could be a way that if I'm not the GM, the GM invokes it against me to kind of make me yeah. have to play with what, what I said was this character's, aspect nature and so that that's a strength but also a you know learning curve for fate is working with aspects that give you kind of a meat of the game but it's also when the aspects also determine when you start using the mechanics and that's kind of the trick is walking that line which leaves us with, you know, a current issue, which will have an aspect and a description. So one, like, what's the what's the current problem for Vanguard Station? <laughs> I have one. I came up with one. All right, let's hear it. The Empire has sent a delegate a delegation to Vanguard Station, and the aspect would be all things are not as they seem. Is one of their um, delegates named, you know, Bosch or Cash? <laughs> I don't know. Is it? Yeah, they say, don't give me an excuse to play in one of my favorite sandboxes. Uh, okay, we've been going. But that's for, that's the thing. Yeah. Like you know, we've been going for a decent amount of time, but even between last week and this week. We're still only looking at an hour and a half of putting together a basic campaign structure and document, as well as three pretty well-rounded characters. And yeah. I, I think that, uh, Jules, I, I think you may have had a, a little more of an uphill experience, but I think it's been rewarding for you. Yeah, the my, my big issue when trying to to read a, a new brand new system just straight with the book with nobody else to talk to i overanalyze and i and i end up my brain just goes Nyah. so 
it's it's not like I'm I'm not. It's just like I cannot process it without being able to like bounce questions off in real time. Yeah, get it. And it, I do apologize for that. And I ended up just lack of better term analysis paralysis. Don't apologize. It actually is a really great thing that we got to see and work with of how different people approach that fate system, especially new, um, because even oh. though fate has been around for <coughs> decades, um, some time oh, there decade. are more than one there are people who have not played it and it's important to kind of see what someone's fresh look fresh uh, feel is and so that is fantastic yeah it is it's a lot of fun okay so what we're gonna do is we are going to put all three characters and the campaign worksheet the game creation worksheet up on the site what they're probably going to be is they will probably be links to where you can download the individual sheets we'll upload them with pdf links as well as try to link to uh, where you can get the fillable forms of those pdfs already yeah and i may put together a uh, a zip file with all of it for people that would rather get it in that format. Or in their PDFs so, anyway. Well, I know, but it's that way they're all bundled together in one thing. You cannot see my eyes right now. I know. They're rolling. <laughs> oh, be nice, guys. <laughs> it's all good. But because we have spent a good amount of time kind of working through letting all of you hear us build the characters and kind of come through the ideas. We're not going to do all of our usual crazy hoopla in an episode, but instead, yeah, we're, we're going to go to closing remarks and I will go ahead and start because I'm talking already. And last time I recommended Buck Rogers as a fantastic TV show, an example of, of the sort of things that inspired me in, in wanting to make a game like this, like you heard us build through. And so I'm going to do another half of that today, where I recommend Star Wars Rogue Squadron, a novel by Michael Stackpole. It's the first in a series of, I believe it made it up to 10 novels, including a slight detour into Wraith Squadron, but that's a whole different conversation. And they may not fully be, be canon anymore, but it's an example of what inspires campaigns like this uh, with fighter pilots and unusual challenges. And it also heavily features Wedge Antilles, who is unquestionably the bestest of the bestest of Star Wars characters and pilots. Awesome. Awesome. Um, let's see. Jules, go ahead. Right when I'm taking a sec. Uh -huh. Oh, you're horrible. I know. All I'm right. great at that. Uh, okay. So what I am recommending, and it's going to be, lack of a better, a little weird. I am recommending a, well, it, it's a book. It's called To Helen Back. And it's written by a World War II soldier named Audie Murphy. And one, it's the way that it's written is pretty bloody uh, amazing. Just kind of getting into that, 
mindset. You can also get this on audiobook. But the thing is, is that the story of Audie Murphy, when he came back from World War II, he ended up becoming a Western as well um, movie star. And he also starred in his in a movie called To Helen Back based on his own experiences and his memoirs from World War II. And it's it's pretty interesting because one, Audie Murphy was pretty much very like upfront about all the like mental trauma that he dealt with coming back from coming back from the war. So yeah. I thought it'd be interesting because there's it, it one the the guy's life it's if you may it's like this this guy's life is incredible because it like goes into the goes into uh, Anzio. And, you know, he's not even 18 and he comes back and he ends up, you know, playing in a couple of Westerns, you know, like movie star kind of a thing. And he was pretty outspoken about a lot of the stuff that he dealt with, um, you know, mental health wise. It, and it's not pretty and it's very raw. And I, I like it because it is it's one is interesting. It's fascinating. But also it gives a a, a very kind of personal in-depth look. Um, about, you know, World War II, about war, about a single person's experience with it and how he was just so revered by his peers, you know, his his adventures in World War II, as it were, were made into a, a big Hollywood blockbuster. And that's actually what he was known for. And it, it's probably one of the most, it's like, if somebody told you this guy's story, you think that you think the writer was a hack. Yeah. So that's the the reason it's like where I guess truth is stranger than fiction and you're hearing the truth from the person that experienced it. And, you know, he puts in his own po his own poetry and it's, you know, it's like, wow, a hardened World War II vet. He's like, that's how he dealt with the trauma. It's, and it's beautiful. So it's. You know, that's the reason I recommend it. you can get it on audiobook. You can go you can actually go you can watch the movie and which is based on the book. We've so. got a link in the doodly doo to the uh, Amazon Overlord page that includes ebook, audiobook, uh, paperback, and uh, if you really want to try to splurge on the original hardcover for a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, dude. So I, I I just finished reading it, so I was just kind of like, you know, you have that double blink. It's like, damn. Yeah. So that's my recommendation. Sorry, blabbing a little bit too much. <laughs> it's fine. Um, because you know what, while I normally have lots and lots of things that I'm uh, excited about, I have been so busy over the last two weeks because I finally finished my move out of Tennessee. And I am now at home with my wife and my daughter. Yay! So I have, um, in the last week and a half consumed literally nothing <laughs> because I have been doing things around the house that needed to get finished. I've been making lots of phone calls, paying bills, <laughs> like all the boring adult stuff. So yeah. Yeah. That has been my entire life for the last couple of weeks. And it's been, um, it's been crazy. So I would just say, take some time to relax if nothing else. So, 
But until next time. Don't forget to roll some dice. Have fun out there. And we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handle this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by the respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you've gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first. Now get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.